Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. This is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success. And we are really in for a treat because we have a fantastic guest tonight. She's award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and an enterprise educator. Her name is Terry Hawkins. And all of you know who Ken Blanchard is. He was the co-author, the author of The One-Minute Manager and the co-author and Lead with Love. And he said that Terry Hawkins is a positive force of nature. Read now and too late, and let Terry's enthusiasm and optimistic approach to life's challenges rub off on you as you turn the pages, you'll be a better person for having read her book. She's written quite a few books. And also, let me uh, give you a little bit of honor. Uh, she's an award-winning speaker. She's a recent newcomer to the U.S. And as Australia's most booked female speaker for many years, Terry Hawkins, certified speaking professional, is a gifted and award-winning presenter. Receiving the prestigious 2010 Educator Award for Excellence, NSA Australia, in 2010. Her trademark spontaneous humor and her intelligent and moving delivery makes for a long-lasting result wherever she goes. Terry Hawkins is a change and economy expert. As an award-winning businessman, she recently uh, was the winner of the Reticle Woman Entrepreneur Award in 2012 in the USA, and she's built a reputation as a pioneering and innovative businesswoman who forges new paths and tirelessly works toward giving businesses and individuals the tools and courage to achieve, to achieve great levels of success. Her training company, People in Progress Global, PIPG, was founded in 1989 and 23 years on continuous, co- continues to lead the way in combining skills and attitude training with strategic transformation experience. As a result, PIPG company delivers minimum 30% plus increases for its client base, which reads like a who's who of industry. She's also an award-winning author. Through constant demand from her audience, Terry Hawkins has become the accidental author, creating award-winning personal development books that get results for both adults and children. Her ingenious creation of two characters, Pickman and Pitman, allow her to use her brilliant simplicity to explain how brain-changing is the game-changer. Her book titles are Why Wait to Be Great, Either Now or Too Late. Stickman rules, let's do healthy. Stickman rules, let's do happy. Stickman rules, let's do love. Stickman rules, let's do ability. Stickman rules, let's do well. And then on top of this, she is a mother of two teenage boys. She faces the challenges and joys and surprises that any parent would face. 
Many a wise person has said it takes a community to raise a child, and Terry's aim is to create a community, a growing community that cultivates solid values and beliefs in our children so that they can ultimately influence the world in a powerful and positive way. And in addition to all this, she's a philanthropist. Paying it forward is Terry's mantra, and at every opportunity, Terry can be found passing out dignity packs to people living homeless, sponsoring education for children of the of the brick fields in India, donating her books to schools and nonprofit organizations, speaking at high schools and teaching teenagers about choice and accountability, coaching new speakers, or giving advice to beginning entrepreneurs. She is one incredible woman. Welcome, Terry. I am so thrilled to have you as our guest today. Thank you, Robbie. I feel like I need to lie down after that. <laughs> well, I, you, I heard you speak, and I'll tell you, every organization who needs a fabulous speaker should have you. One of the questions I have is that you've been very successful <clears throat> over the years. What would you say has been the heart of your success? Do you know, I would have to say just good old hard work. And, uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate because I've met some amazing human beings who, you know, people are so helpful and generous. But I, I really think that it's doing that bit extra. And I think having an amazing mother, like my mother was um, a nurse and she was a widow when I was 15 and she had six children. And I just watched my mother just work so hard and, you know, she'd walk two miles to the train station. She would work um, night duty. She was a nurse. And I think she showed, well, she was a demonstration for me in that if you just are willing to do more than what someone else is willing to do, if you work that bit harder, if you, you know, do whatever it takes to get it done, I think that's at the core of, of being successful. Now, and I also think that one, because I've seen you in action, and I think one of the greatest things, you come from heart. You care about others. It's not, you're not a person that what's in it for me, and when, people meet you they see that immediately so you know that's i think that's why mm. in your past comes incredible people because you're incredible yourself and you know there's a lot of people in the world that want 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 but they're not willing to give back but i see you as uh you know such a giver how was that transition i know you moved from australia to the usa and in australia you were like the top person everywhere everyone knew you so how was how how was it not what did you do to start feeling that you were starting to make it here well and it's you know the beautiful thing was actually um reminding me that i said to someone the other day it's not that i ever took my success in australia for granted i was always grateful for and i'd pinch myself every day for the fortune that i had but uh or the fortunate life i should say i had um but I think the greatest thing about coming here was that it actually brought me back into reality and made me realize that it comes back to hard work and it doesn't matter you know, whether you go up and down in life. It's really about just doing the hard work. And I had to start again over here and you know, America really is spoilt for choice and I often say that you know, there are a lot of heads bobbing around in that pool and you know, how do you make your head stand out and... Uh, I really have to say, it's like just meeting people like you, um, you know, the generosity of others, and I think it's reciprocal. You know, when you when you help others, others want to help you. 
but at the end of the day, you've got to do the work and you've got to get on the phone and you've got to be willing to be rejected and you have to be... And I, and I was invisible, you know, I was completely invisible. So, uh, you know, I think it's I'm still getting there and it's happening now, which is great. Uh, but, uh, re- wow, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. Well, one of the things that I know is that you just you kept doing it, doing it, and you just never yes. gave up. And I think a lot of people get to a certain point and then they, they stop and they try to, you know, they just give up, you know, instead of saying that the next try may be the one that moves them to exactly where they want to be and on their way up. I couldn't agree more. You always say, um, you know, you've got to show up. And that is such a powerful comment because I think what people think is that because if you do, you've got to keep getting up every day and keep doing the work and keep focusing. I think people don't talk about the feelings that we have. So just because you feel bad or just because you feel down or, you know, just because you, you're having a, you know, a day where you're feeling like you're in the pit, it doesn't matter. You still have to do the behaviours of, um, you know, one foot in front of the other and making the calls and doing whatever it is you have to do. But I think a lot of people don't talk about when we say just keep going, just keep, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. People get a little bit, they think that we're all bravado and it's like, yay, you know, get out there and every day I leap out of bed going, oh, you know, it's another wonderful day. I have my really shocking days as well. Uh, but like you said, it's success is about showing up and if you don't get out of bed and you don't get your life, and that's a metaphor, of course, and if you don't just take action, then nothing happens and nothing happens. And people can have the most amazing businesses that grow and die inside their head all because they didn't take action. I believe that. You know, you have two children. Have you always been a working mother and breadwinner? Yes. Yes, I have. I... um, so I and, and it's funny, you know, because my my um, husband and or my former husband and I are such great friends now, and we were having this conversation the other day. And this is a really interesting comment for women. I've just learnt that uh, the, the more masculine, so we have masculine and feminine within us, and you know, some women are more masculine. Now I'm more masculine, even though I look like a girl and I'm very feminine in an appearance way. I have that masculine energy, like I'm very results-based and I'm determined and so forth. And I read somewhere or heard it somewhere where they said that the more masculine you are, you will then attract the opposite feminine of the same intensity. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so uh, one of the things that I realized which and I didn't know it at the time was that of course I was this go-getter and Rick, my my um, my former husband, we I got him to come into the business. I begged him to come and work with me, and that was probably a bad thing in hindsight. Um, but then the more successful I became, it was like the bigger I got, the smaller he got. And it's an amazing thing for women who are workers, uh, you know, the women who are the breadwinners, or we we hold really responsible or. Um, you know, financially responsible positions in the relationship. I never realised how much space I took up in that relationship, and um, we were laughing on the phone the other day that we, you know, it's important for both parties, I think, to see the place that they they play. But that's had a great influence on my boys. I don't regret any of it because um, it's just the way that it was, and they've been raised by a mother who has been a full time working mother, um, and they are very independent, very resilient. Uh, they 
they they realise. I remember Harrison going to kindergarten one morning and him saying, "Why do you have to go to work, Mummy?" And I remember saying to him, "Well, do you love going to kindergarten?" He said, "Yes." And I said, "Great. Well, what do you love about it?" And he said, "Well, I get to paint and draw and blah 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 and you know play and." And I said, that's right. I said, mummy goes to work for the same reasons. I mean, not to draw and play, but, you know, um, but I go to work because I love it. And when we come back, we can talk about our day together. And so I wanted my children to be raised knowing that life is about getting out there. And, you know, now when I say that, you have to, one of the biggest things I've learned in the USA is that it's one of the most emotionally kind, loving countries I've ever been in. But it's also a little bit sensitive. And when we say something like that, we're almost on guard to defend ourselves at all, right? So a working mother says, and I believe that my children are blah, blah, blah. And then the mother who has been a working mother at home, can not all of them, but some of them just launch into the attack and go, well, you know, I'm the same and I think a mother should stay at home and be with her children. And I go, why don't we trust each other as women? And let each of us choose the best path that we think possible for our children and our family. And, you know, I'm, I'm always cautious about what I say here in case someone goes, well, I don't agree. And, you know, so as a working mother and that choice that I made, um, I, I don't have any regrets. And I think my children have, have benefited greatly from it. So. How, did they, and how did they take the move from Australia to the U.S.? Well, it was hard. Uh, I'm grateful for my training, so I'm grateful for my background because I was able to forward think and I, one of the greatest management strategies you can do or a leadership strategy is prepare people for what to expect. And so we sat down, I, uh, I said to them, you know, I brought them over to America, I had got them to have a bit of a, a feel for the whole area. Um, I actually stood them on Santa Monica Pier and while Harrison was looking at the bikini-clad girls and Jackson was looking at the fun park, I said, can you see yourself living here? <laughs> and, of course, they both went... <laughs> and they said, yeah, bit... when, do, when do we move, right? Exactly. They said, Mum, you go home and get the bags, we'll stay. Um, and so we... And because the honeymoon is always exciting and... And that's what I walked them through. And we went back home and or back to Australia. We sat down and we talked it through. And I said, you know, when we first get there, it's going to be exciting. We're going to be the new kids on the block. Every, we're going to have funny accents. And for the first few months, it's going to be amazing. And then what will happen is we'll move into the routine part. And this is where it's going to, we'll probably hit the wall. And so we talked about the fact that there will be a distinct possibility. And this is what happens with any change that all of us go through that once the glow has died off, um, we start to think, what have we done? Because the real discomfort hits, and it did. And we all hit the wall at certain points. We all had lots of tears, um, or the three of us, each at certain times. But we made a pact that we would not leave for 12 months, that we would stay for at least 12 months. And then at the end of the 12 months, if we didn't like it, then I would pack them up and I would I'd take them back to Australia. And, of course, I'm so glad because uh, there were many moments when the three of us wanted to go home and or go back to Australia. But we didn't, so we stayed. And, it was, and I actually said to them, I said, when you can learn to live in another country, you can go anywhere. And now they are international travellers. And Harrison actually flies back and forth to Australia by himself. I've put the two boys on the plane by themselves before. Um, so, yeah, they're getting a lot of skills. So, but it's been tough. It's been tough and it's been amazing. 
That's one of my dreams is to go to Australia. You, you, you um, have let, to. Let's, let's talk about your business. You have three very distinct funnels to your business, your speaking career, your enterprise training company, your product, book, kids book, sick man, hit man, et cetera. Mm. Did you plan to have such a diverse and multiple income stream business? That is such a great question. And I wish I could say, yes, I'm that clever that I actually planned it all out. <laughs> but no, I didn't at all. And you know what? I never even expected to have my own company. Um, I remember I was about 21, 22, and I was a, uh, quite a newcomer to the training industry. And I was working for a company as a trainer, in, an in-house trainer. And I remember walking, I was getting my lunch one day, and I remember it just was like a flash that I thought, Gosh, it would be so cool to have my own training business one day where I had a few clients and I worked for them, you know, each on a part-time basis. And then I forgot about it. And then when I was 27, and this is what we have to realize. I think what happens is when our life goes a bit topsy-turvy, we go straight into the pit of misery and we start to think, oh, my life's not working, oh, this is horrible. And I go there too, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have my curl up in a ball, cry your eyes out days where fear can, you know, just consume me sometimes but the company I was working for when I was 27 went broke and the two companies prior so the one that I was working for and the one prior to that I had written a lot of the training programs and so I had been studying and especially the company that had just gone broke I had interviewed about a thousand customers and I was a retail trainer so we were doing the fashion industry and um and I had I wanted to work out what what customers wanted what did they actually want when they want went shopping and so I wrote programs around that. And so when the company went broke, I thought, wow, and I tried to get a job. You know, it was a really low market. Um, and, I just, and I had a friend of mine who said to me, look, why don't you just go for it? Why don't you just start it up? And I went, oh, well, I've got nothing to lose. So I finger, two-finger typed my whole manual, uh, or the two manuals. I think it was like 200 pages I couldn't type. I had a wonky computer that I held together with a rubber band that a friend had lent me on consignment. Like it was, he said, you can pay me $500 when you earn some money. Um, and I just got my yellow pages phone book out and started calling people. So I, I didn't have a self. I think what people need to realize is it doesn't look as glamorous as you're seeing it. You know, right. people say, does it? You would know this, that... I can honestly say that there is no glamour involved at all. Like I was in my spare bedroom. Um, I was scared every day. Every time I picked that phone up, I would be scared. My heart would pound. I had people abusing me, um, you know, but I just kept, because I didn't have a job. And so the absence, I mean, I was w recruiting staff. I, I tell a lot. I was recruiting staff, um, but it certainly wasn't a job that I wanted to do. And, um, I mean, I loved it at the time, but I got to meet a few clients. And But at the end of the day, it was like I really wanted to do this training thing. So I took the plunge. And, and actually, my employer was fantastic, the recruitment company. They were like, we'll do that for half the day, and then you can do your company the other half of the day. And you just it just takes one person. And I had this wonderful man called Tom Cypress. Who, and I had, didn't send him a letter. I didn't call him. It came through a friend of a friend of a friend. And... He owned a little company called Surf, Dive and Ski. They had four stores and he also owned another very large retail company. And he ended up saying to me, if you can change the attitude and results of this little surf company, I'll give you the bigger company. 
And I went in there with a vengeance, and uh, I ended up having a 15-year-long relationship with him. And I was his main—I was his training provider, and um, you know, I loved those kids. I saw them grow over a 15-year period. I'm still in contact with so many of them, and that's like 23 years later. So, but it's never glamorous, and I—and so the training. Sorry to finish your question. The training led into um, the books. You know the. So the training company, I started writing, oh, so I've got a, a huge myriad of different programs that we do. We do leadership and team building and customer service and communication skills. So we either have our core programs or we write them for companies. And now I've got my wonderful team of trainers in Australia, you know, head, headed up by Amber Shannon. And the girls over there just do a magnificent job. And now I'm bringing that here to America to sell the content. So I'm going into companies and I'm teaching them, they're licensing my content, and then I'm teaching their trainers how to train the content because it's a blend of transformational training, so personal growth training with the business skills training, which is something that's really not done here. From that, the speaking emerged. I created my two little characters, Stickman and Pitman, um, because they were the core essence of actually helping salespeople break through their glass ceilings, and it became that whole... What is it that stops us from achieving? What What is it that makes one person brilliant and the other person average or, you know, they just die in the bum when something bad happens? And uh, so I built that. And so the speaking side just took off in Australia. I was so fortunate. I had a, a bureau, a wonderful man called Ron Tacky and his beautiful wife, Trish, and they just got behind me and he just basically sold me to people because... That's what you need sometimes. You need someone. That's what you've done for me as well, you know, where you need someone to go be an advocate. She is amazing. Trust me. Just get her on that stage and you won't be disappointed. And I think I did about 60 jobs that first year and, you know, it just took off. And I think the following year I did 100 and then just kept climbing and climbing um, until I think the maximum job number of um, speaking or presentations I did in one year was about 152 or something. And, and um and that's when I realized I didn't have to work that hard. <laughs> but it was great. And so he was really the door that he opened that door for me. And then from there, see, if you just pay attention to what people want, like just listen. We, we're we so egoic sometimes. We let our ego ride us sometimes. And if you, we just be quiet and listen, people told me they wanted me to write a book. And I just so did not want to write a book. And it wasn't until... This uh, amazing speaker in Australia called Matt Church said to me, it's a sin. He was emceeing the event and he said, it's a sin. You can't give these people a book. And it just slapped me in the face and I went, you know what? Your own insecurity is getting in the way of giving people what they want. And then from there, my audience was then told me they wanted to, me to write a children's series and um, or a children's book around Stickman and Pitman. So I did. And then that now turned into five books. Um, wow. I know. It's just. What would be the best piece of advice you would give someone who had a dream of starting their own business? The first thing I would say is that it is a business. I think a lot of people have a dream of being their own boss, um, but I think you need to do a business plan. Now, I say that I didn't do one, but I say that because Cash is king and, you know, you need money to run a business. Now, warranted, I started, like I said, with a card table and, you know, in my spare office and so forth. Um, but I had a very good product. 
and a product that got results. So I would suggest that they have exactly that, a very good product. There are lots of people who will support you and help you, like I do, you know, as you do. You know, I'll, I'll help anyone um, if I've got the time. And if you – or get online. Oh, my gosh, the Internet is filled with free courses or, you know, courses at minimal cost where you can learn how to run a business. But I would say uh, have a little bit of money behind you so that, you know, it, it, it's not all peaches and cream and get out there and sell. Now, I'll just say that again. Sell, and if people didn't hear me, sell. So you've got to sell. So I, I would learn how to sell and go and buy some books on selling. Um, Tommy Hopkins was his, one of his first books. I think it was um, How to Master the Art of Selling. That was one of my favourite all-time books. So I would suggest that people just sell, 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 and not get caught up in the fact that the internet's going to do it for you. Yes, it will, but you've got to get out there and just learn how to sell. And um, and that's what I did. You know. I think okay, some I'm people call skip, it networking. I'm going to skip ahead because it's amazing how fast 30. We have five minutes left, and I want to uh, oh talk gosh. about uh, you've won a lot of awards over the years, and more recently the Radical Woman Entrepreneur Award and the Rising Star Award for your latest book, and also you're soon going to be getting the President's called the Service Award for giving back to the community. Uh, do you think these, do these types of acknowledgments help? Oh, you know, I think personally um, I cried when I heard that I had been awarded the President's uh, Call to Service Award. That was just so humbling. Um, so I think from a business point of view, so personally, yes, it did amazing things for my, my self-esteem and it just reminded me that what I had to offer was a value, especially in this country, building my brand. As far as PR goes, I cannot begin to tell you how powerful those awards are. The, the, Radical, Entre the Radical Woman Entrepreneur Award, I won that through the Get Radical Conference with Doreen Rainey. And um, it was just fantastic that she had these opportunities for people to get these awards. So, yes, I think people, the more things that you can enter and win awards for, because it's credibility. It's credibility. When other people think you're good at something, then it's called social proof. Robert Caldini wrote an amazing book on... Um, buying influences and social proof is a powerful one so yes they're very powerful and i'm so grateful i can't begin to tell you <laughs> well what are your plans for the next few years especially in the u.s well very quickly because i know we've only got a couple of minutes but uh i want to build my people in progress brand so i'm very clear about um getting the content out into as many businesses as possible because i think that that way i've there's a broader brush stroke and so we can if you transform the human being, you'll transform the work being, the, the family being, um, every part of that being. And and so that's what I'm. my intention is there. I certainly want to make my mark as a speaker um, and uh, and certainly get to as many audiences there as possible. I want, would love to see my children's books turned into a television series. Um, I would also love to, you know, hopefully if not be a guest on certain television shows, I would love, my greatest dream is to have my own a growth show. So not necessarily a, a host, a talk show, but more of a, a growth show where we can just have some really hardcore learnings where we can all go to be, you know, grow to be better human beings. And I think my, my final thing is to, my mother had an amazing life and I want to make a movie about her life. So, yeah, there's just a few things I want to do in the next few years. 
and meet a man. Uh, I'll put that out there. <laughs> I just I read where your latest book has been picked up by the very reputable publisher uh, Barrett Kohler. What's your opinion on self-publishing versus traditional publishing? Mm, whole whole another conversation, but very quickly. Uh, self-publishing for me was very powerful because it gave me product to sell at the back of the room. And, you know, like with my Now and Too Late book, I sold, you know, well over 40,000 copies of that. And the children's books, it was I was able to get them into people's hands. The beautiful thing, and Barrett Kohler are just an amazing publisher. I can't begin to tell you how they've just been so supportive and really on the author's side. Um, but they, it's that little badge. It's that little badge on the side of the book. It's the brilliant advice that you get. Um, it's the guidance. So... From that side of it, I, I can see both sides of the fence, and I think both of them offer, um, offer. You know, it, it's six or one half a dozen or the other. But I'm thrilled to be picked up by Barrett Kohler because they are so reputable, and it, it really is going to give me um, a lot of credibility. And also, you can't really say you're a best-selling author unless you've gone through um, that type of system. I think it's got to, you know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but um, but yeah. Uh, okay. What, uh, also, you're going to be. Speaking at the California Governors Association, the Governors Conference this year, which is put on about the California Women's Association, uh, what is the date of that so people can uh, show up and hear you speak? Well, that is on the September 23rd and this and September. Um, now here I am feeling completely embarrassed here because. I'm nervous doing this interview with you. It's September September well, 23rd. If you send me an email at rmoder at AOL.com, I'll send them the link because I want you to tell them about the, how people can get in touch with you and your website before we go off the air. All right, great. Well, it's September 23, 24, the California Women's Conference, and it's in Long Beach, L.A., so it's going to be amazing. Uh, so they need to log on, and, and I'll even post it on your page as well with a special 10% discount they can get. Um, so, yes, it's just terryhawkins.com. So it's T-E-R-R-Y, Hawkins, or Harkins, as an American, H-A-W-K-I-N-S.com. And uh, they, it's just terry at terryhawkins.com if they want to email me. But I'd love to see them at the California. And my website's the same. Oh, don't you have a People in Progress website too? I do. It's uh, it's peopleinprogressglobal.com. So Terry is my Terry Hawkins is my persona, and People in Progress Global is the training company, which will show you everything about us. Because well, I know you have incredible books, you have fabulous tapes. I've seen you in action, and you are wonderful. So we're getting thank down. Thank you, Robbie. Terry, I want to thank you so much for being our my guest today. It's incredible, and you are fabulous. And anybody looking for a dynamic speaker, please go to Terry at terryhawkins.com. www.terryhawkins.com, and you'll see all the amazing things that she's done. And tune in next Thursday for another show and another great guest. Some guests I have coming up are. Grammy winning, uh, the lead vocalist and the only ori original member of the Grammy winning group, The Fifth Dimension. And I have um, another gal that has actually um, written a book about uh, chess, and actually only 3% of women play chess in the world, and she's a chess champion. And another woman who owns three um, companies that make women's high heels. So 
tune in next week to Diva Strategies for Success. And, Terry, what a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Robbie. You are so adorable. And and I can't wait to see you soon again. And we will post uh, the show on... um, on the things you, if you have others that would like to hear it, you can just have them go and listen to the show. And thank you so much, and we will see you soon. Thanks, Bye Robbie. Now. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.